Welcome to the More Like Podcast with me, Jackie. This is a place for us to uncover our truth and learn from each other's similarities and figure out ways to celebrate what makes us different. Get ready to challenge yourself to see how things in life and the people who are in it are more like than you may think. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to another episode of the More Like Podcast. Um, I cannot believe that we are already almost done with October. It's like I keep looking at my calendar and another week goes by. What is time anymore? We are moving and grooving here in the end of 2020 now. I can't act like I actually cannot believe it. But whatever it is that brought you guys to the More Like podcast today, I'm so happy you're here and I'm so, so, so thankful you decided to press play this Monday afternoon, morning, or if it's even sometime later in the week. I see you, I know you, I appreciate you deeply. And if this is your first time here on the More Like podcast, welcome. I am so, so thrilled whether my guest today brought you to the podcast or you just stumbled upon me from something else. I'm so happy you're here. Basically, my goal is to just create community, um, community and celebrating and learning all the ways that we are more alike than we are different as humans and that those differences don't have to necessarily be scary things. They can be things that also connect us in a way of grace and recognizing that there's beauty in what makes us different, just as there's beauty that makes us alike. And so with all that being said, um, a little update. We are babysitting my parents' dogs. It's crazy. David and I always think about maybe getting a new dog. Always we think about getting a Boston Terrier. I have all these fun names picked out if we did. And man, having two other dogs in the house in addition to Otis is no joke. So all you dog lovers or animal lovers out there that have more than one pet, you guys are the real MVP. It's not for the faint of heart. It definitely takes time and effort in planning your day around those sweet, sweet little animals. Um, All that being said, I guess let's go ahead and dive into our guest for today. Her name is Falola. She works in higher education at the collegiate level and is an Enneagram expert and coach. That isn't all she does. She is a writer, an educator, and she is a um, coach. She does one-on-one coaching. Basically, she does it all. She stumbled upon the Enneagram and felt so understood that she know, knew she needed more information. She uses everything that she's learned as a tool to expand her love for herself and those around her. When we talked, she mentioned that Enneagram is not only a way for her to connect to herself, but it's a way for her to connect to her family, her faith, friends, justice, equity, and honestly, just understanding how the world works. She has a very popular Instagram account called Enneagram Everything, and I would definitely hop over there. Once you're done with this episode, give her a follow. She does Enneagram in it in a very interesting way, and I think that you guys are really going to appreciate this episode. Um, If this is your first time learning about the Enneagram, get ready for your mind to be blown. So in this episode, we talk about how Fomola got started with the Enneagram, what it is, understanding that it is a tool, something that we can actually apply in our life to understand how you and others kind of understand and move through the world. 
and then we talk about all the fun, juicy stuff. We overview the nine types of the Enneagram, their basic fears, each type's desires, and best, bestly, or I guess, not bestly is not a word, um, most importantly, what drives us, so our key motivations. You'll hear throughout the episode, I am a loud and proud Enneagram type two. You'll learn all about what that means later on in the episode. And I thought it would be fun to incorporate something new for you guys as we enter into each podcast episode. Something fun for just me and you. I am practicing intention setting during my days and what better way to practice these skills than would you guys hear it more like. So I want to start setting an intention for each episode as you guys embark on learning something new. Something for you to keep in mind as you are listening to each episode. A place to kind of start where I can guide you into the episode. I hope you guys love this. I'm super, super excited as I... I'm like saying this. I think it's going to be really, really good. Okay, so the good stuff. Um, Today's intention for this episode is we will open our hearts to learning more about ourselves. Understanding all our pieces is the greatest gift we can give ourselves and those we connect with around us. So just something, a little place for you guys to start as you enter into this episode. And remember, if this episode resonates at all with you, if you feel like you have learned something or someone would benefit from this, definitely share it with a friend or hop over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, um, subscribe. It really does help podcasts like me kind of get more noticed by other people. Um, So I would definitely appreciate that. Hop over to more like podcasts, give me a follow. Um, It's a lot of fun stuff. I kind of just share things that are personal, things that pertain to more alike, more about our guests, where you can find them, all that fun stuff. You can also follow my personal at Jackie Borrego underscore on Instagram. And all that being said, I'm so excited because we are diving into a series, an Enneagram series. So Panlola's kicking off this series. We're doing four episodes all about the Enneagram, and today is our overview episode. So enjoy this wholehearted episode that I have with Panlola, this great conversation. I can't wait to talk with you guys after, and remember open mind and open heart today as you learn something new about yourselves and those that are around us. Enjoy. Lola, I am so happy to have you on today. Um, I really, really appreciate you even saying yes to this because I've been super interested in Enneagram for either since 2017 or 2018, one of my girlfriends that I worked with, I was previously a preschool teacher. She, during spring break one year, we she was posting about Enneagram and she was reading this book and um, I'm fascinated by typology systems and different tools that can help me learn more about myself, but even more about other people. And I'm just fascinated yeah. by how people move through the world and then ways I can best show up for those people, which makes a lot of sense with my type as well, um, why I'm drawn to these types of things. And so when I learned about Enneagram, it was really interesting because I had never felt so seen 
before and not necessarily from like the good fluffy things about my type but more so about kind of like the shadow what people in the Enneagram world call like the shadow types or like my fears and my key motivations like how what drives me, I guess you could say. And at any mm -hmm. point, if I'm using language that's incorrect, please feel free to educate me because <laughs> I still feel like I'm so new to this. And um, and that's that I've been learning about this piece by piece, you know, for a couple of years now. There's just so much to kind of pull back mm -hmm. and piece through the layers. But I had never felt so understood or like, wow, there's like this system or there's this um, not box that I fit into, not because I, I don't think we're, again, reduced down to numbers. That's not what this is either, right? right? Which, again, is right. kind of what it's turned into. Like, that's not it at all. But when I realized, like, wow, one of my core fears is that I'm, I am scared of being unworthy or I'm scared of being not wanted or loved. And sometimes that causes me to act in a way that doesn't necessarily align with me, but it also does super align mm. with me. That I'm so thrilled that you're on today because we're going to kind of talk all about this. Yeah, and I'm so excited to be on. So thank you for inviting me. I love the Enneagram. I love hearing people's stories. So I'm really excited to be here and to talk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for people that don't know you, I know I gave a little intro about you in the intro. If you want to do just like a brief overview of like who you are and how you got involved into the Enneagram. Yeah. So um, as you said, I'm from Lola and I'm very excited to be here and um, to get to talk to everyone listening. Um, so a little bit about me is my training, formal training actually is in higher education. Um, so I have a master's in educational administration and kind of my full-time gig, my full hustle um, is I work with college students and help them really figure out who they are. I'm a part of their development and I'm a support system for them as well. Um, so honestly, the Enneagram for me was something very unexpected. And I feel like a lot of people that do this work often say the same thing. Um, I was familiar with, like you said, you love typologies, love learning about yourself and other people. I was familiar with a number of them, had used them with students. Um, and honestly, the way that I got into the Enneagram was one of my best friends, we were bored one day, we're trying to figure out what to do. She also works in higher education. And we're like, let's find an assessment that we haven't done before, which is a challenge if you work in higher ed. Um, and she found the Enneagram. I don't think we even knew how to say it. <laughs> we had no idea what this thing was. And I'm gonna be honest, um, I was like, okay, what's it gonna tell me about myself that I don't already know? Um, so I took it and Honestly, I was struck in a way that I hadn't been um, in a long time. Um, I also am a type two on the Enneagram. And what really surprised me was it put a language to things that were so internal for me. Um, parts of my story that um, are harder to talk about or um, things that I experienced that I really thought was just me or things that I thought um, was weird about me, this, this desire to be loved and wanted, um, and this desire to help people, um, something that I always knew that I did, 
um, but an understanding of the motivations almost behind my behavior. Um, so like I said, that language <laughs> and having that um, surprised me and shocked me. I sat very silently for a while. And then it was something that I thought was so fascinating for me. So classic type two had to make everyone in my world <laughs> take it because I thought it was something that could help them as well. So I had friends take it, family take it, um, started using it with students. And what I found was regardless of type, they were having a similar experience of being able to um, not just connect to a part of their like internal self that maybe they hadn't tapped into, but to be able to explain like, this is why I do the things that I do. This is what's coming up for me. Oh my goodness, this makes sense in our relationship, why some of this is coming up. Um, but I think as a tool, um, what was most fascinating for me and, and I think what connected me with the Enneagram was this ability to use this tool for growth. I think there are a lot of typologies or tools that will tell you, okay, this is who you are and uh, good luck and figure it out, right? <laughs> Signing off. Um, but with the, <laughs> right, like, good job. Um, but with the Enneagram, what was really cool was um, it kind of called me out on my stuff, right? And it called other people out on their stuff. And there was this ability to continuously grow because um, growth is a passion for me. I don't think it ever stops. Um, and I think, um, it's one of the most beautiful parts of why we were created. Um, and so that, that growth piece really connected with me. So honestly, when I made Enneagram everything, um, <laughs> it's funny because this is also very, uh, very in line with my type, but I created that page for um, some friends and family who said, hey, this thing is cool. We don't want to read into it too much. We don't want to do all of this work. So I was like, okay, I'll make this page. It will be public so you can have your close friends hop on and I'll put whatever I'm learning on here. Um, <laughs> and it surprised me and it was unexpected because there started to be people that would join and connect and these conversations that I would have with people about who they are and their story that I had never met before, my family had never met before, my friends had never met before. Um, but it was a beauty in connecting with each other's stories. And honestly, it grew from there. Um, it wasn't something that I planned <laughs> at all, um, but it, it, in it's in line with so much of my passion, um, my mission in life. And honestly, what I try and do with it now is that I really desire that everyone will live their life fully um, that they will live their life in a way that they know that they are loved and seen and worthy and valuable, and that we would give ourselves more self-compassion, um, because I don't think there's enough of that. Um, I don't think that we give enough empathy to other people. And so um, as someone who is passionate about stories and sharing stories and creating space for people to share theirs and amplifying stories that we don't hear as often. I think the Enneagram is a beautiful tool in supporting that and in sharing that and to discover your story um, and think about the way that your story impacts other people as well. So it connects to me on a professional level, personal level, faith level, every level, 
every everything enneagram enneagram everything and um that's just a little bit about me and why i do what i do there's so many beautiful things that you touched on and as you were talking especially in that last portion you know about why the this mission that you want to share with others holding having a space or creating a space where you can hold stories and explain you are not mm-hmm. alone you are seen just for who you are and loved for who you are now let's use these things that you are innate to you, whether mm-hmm. they feel good or not. Because again, I think that the Enneagram has holds both beauties of us so well. Yeah. And yeah. if things are hard, like I'm getting chills, like as you were talking, I was getting chills yeah. because this is a tangible tool that you can recognize, ooh, this is a point of contention for me. What are some things that I can do to actively move into a place that is like better or quote unquote mm. healthier, um, or just being able to recognize things within yourself that are building up like, ooh, this is a trigger point, or ooh, this is something that is like leading me towards something that I'm excited about and more aligned with who yeah. I am. Um, the Enneagram definitely does that. And your mission totally aligns with my mission as well with more like recognizing that, yes, we are different, right? We are so different. It's in the Enneagram, it shows we there's these nine different type identifiers, right? But at the end of the day, we have all of those within us too. Mm-hmm. So it's really beautiful that we can hold space for other people who share differences and maybe understand that's why they're doing what they're doing. It has nothing to do with right. you. And you hold that compassion for them. You hold that empathy for them because you have a deep understanding of yourself too. Um, so I'm super, super excited. Um, we've touched on a lot of things already. I can't wait to get into it. Um, I, yeah, you touched on a lot of really great things and you kind of mentioned briefly, but why do you feel like the Enneagram is important? And I know that when people start learning about it, you do most of the time you do like a deep dive into specifically your type or a broad overview, but There's a two-in-one question, like, why do you feel like this stuff is important and useful, one? Two, like, do you feel like the things that you have learned, like, you can no longer unlearn? Mm, That's really good. Um, So, you know, I think the biggest thing with the Enneagram, and one thing that I hope people realize, is it is a tool, um, and it's not a a definition of, like, who you are, honestly like and i think some people get lost in it and think like my identity is my enneagram type like i'm i'm stuck in this box um but the way that i see it is it's a tool and it's expansive and i think it helps so many of us who struggle with communicating some of these things to have a language about communicating um some of these things right so um it helped me as a two to honestly think about the reasons that I serve and I help um, to think about like my own needs and helping myself and to be real with myself and put down pride, which I never, if anyone ever was like, you know, Fabola, you have an issue with pride. I'd be like, no, I don't. Um, But it helped me confront some things, right? About um, pride being something that can exist when I even, say like, oh, I don't have needs or I don't have problems, like that is a form of pride. And so what I think is really beautiful about it as a tool is it's something for me personally that 
I can use as I think about and connect with my faith. It's something that I can use in my relationships with other people, um, like friends and family and potential partners and whoever it is um, to communicate not only how I feel, but looking beyond myself, right? Beyond my own individual type um, and looking into other people to understand and and what I think is really beautiful about your podcast and what you're doing in a similar way, right, is to develop empathy for somebody else's story. And so I think um, that's the why it's important um, because it gives us a language about something that we often don't know how to communicate. Um, and it creates space for things like empathy, like self-compassion um, that are tools um, that will make our world way better in like every avenue of life. Um, now, as far as unlearning, <laughs> I don't think I ever can, um, honestly. Um, and I'm glad that I can't because I think um, there has been so much um, growth, like, and I'll be real, like beautiful growth and then like really messy, like I'm crying behind closed doors growth. Um, that has come from this because it's helped me confront a lot of things and um, seek healing and and be more compassionate to other people um, and like connect with people in ways that I wasn't before. Um, not only family and friends, but even um, strangers to have this shared empathy. Um, and so, yeah, I can't unlearn it. I talk about it a lot. My family's like, here she goes with the Enneagram. And you know what? We're just going to do it. And it's just going to be a part of me and my story forever yeah. and ever. And I'm sure yeah. after every conversation, people leave with a, a new understanding or a new perspective, which is like another mm -hmm. thing that I'm excited to share today, too. And I was listening um, months ago um, up on a podcast with Chris Hewitt, who is, I think, a mm -hmm. very vocal Enneagram teacher and coach. Um, she's written a lot of books and he talks about, you know, your type and when you read it and when you kind of discover it, that it stirs up this emotion in you, um, that the one that hurts the most is probably the one that aligns most with you. And I don't say that to scare anybody. Mm -hmm. This thing is not supposed to be like this, like traumatic experience, but I will say for me specific, when I realized I was a type two and kind of reading through different things and learning more about it, it was very difficult to, to be like, wow, like I am altruistic when I'm at my best, but when I'm at my worst, like I am not those things, or I, I appear to be those things, but it's coming from a place of hurt and a place of mm. not really recognizing myself as worthy. Yeah. Um, and so I think that as we move into the next portion of this, as we go over the nine types of the Enneagram, I hope for anybody who's listening, you hear a piece of yourself in the stories that Funlola shares. And if you have any questions or comments, um, feel free to go check her out and I'll give all that information at the end and we'll talk about resources that she recommends or offerings that she has for you to kind of have a starting place. But hopefully you tapped play today to get a deeper understanding of what the hell this Enneagram is. And just know like <laughs> my own personal opinion is like, 
this is not to be reduced down to like a meme or an audio blurb or a quote like this is something that really is sacred and has been has come from years and years and years of t different teachers and offerings and different types of things so when you do see those things out there they are beautiful and fun and really exciting but just know that that is only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to right. enneagram so i hope you're here i hope you're ready to do the work because Van lola is probably about to drop hella wisdom on you guys today <laughs> um so buckle up and i guess we'll go ahead and get get into it we'll just kind of yeah run through um the nine types of the enneagram and and we'll we'll go from there i think it'll be a lot of fun yeah so yeah let's just go ahead and go in numerical order i think like you said that's a good place to kind of start for people so we'll start yeah with the, sounds good the beautiful yeah. type one yeah so um before i type uh good type <laughs> before I tap into talking about each of the types I think one thing um that you said Jackie that was really helpful is to understand that um some of the ways in which we think about the Enneagram like all the memes and all of those things they hit for a reason um and it is the tip of the iceberg and I think um sometimes with the Enneagram is people can start to think that it is a like specific personality type or a specific box that you fit in. And I think what's really key to know about the Enneagram is it's actually less about behavior and it's more about motivation. So it's thinking about the motivation behind your behavior. And I think that's what will really help and guide you in discovering your type and figuring out what yours is and in understanding it fully. Um, I think one question that a lot of people have as they first start um, tapping into this is I hear it a lot of times. Well, you know, I do this too, right? Like um, I can be assertive like an eight two, or um, I can be a perfectionist and want things to be good. Um, and yes, we all, again, we're not perfectly packaged boxes. We're expansive and this tool is expansive. So as you're finding your type, really think about motivations. Um, so two of the key places to kind of start with each type is looking at um, both the fears of the type and the, the desires of each type. And so I'll kind of break it down type by type. Jack, uh, Jackie, if you have anything you want to hop in and ask a question on or you think your listeners would like to know, let me know um, as well. So like I mentioned, each type has a fear and that fear, I think, um, when Jackie was talking earlier about um, that piece that can hurt um, and that piece that can be really tough about the Enneagram is um, often rooted in these fears. Um, so for the type ones, um, often this fear is this fear of being seen as defective or bad, that something is wrong with them, that they aren't doing things the right way, that there's something broken in them that can be um, a deep fear for ones. Um, for twos, um, and Jackie hit on it earlier as well, but this um, deep fear about being unloved or unwanted, but I think it goes deeper than that. Um, the idea of um, only being wanted or loved by what you can offer to other people or what you can um, do to serve other people is that deep rooted fear for twos. Um, for type threes, um, the, the idea of worthiness is really central to them. 
So they fear being worthless, that people will look at them and say, you're worth nothing. You're useless to me. That That's a, a, a deep rooted pain um, that can often um, really manifest in type threes. Um, for fours, the idea of being insignificant or almost without identity um, is a, a deep fear for them. Fives being incapable or helpless. Six being without support or uh, security, both two things that are both really important to them. For our sevens, um, being in pain or almost being without, mm -hmm. like to, to lack, those are deep fears. Um, and for eights, being controlled or be betrayed by others. And then nines, separation or loss, especially in a relational sense. Um, so, you know, as you're listening to that, I feel like my mood as I as I started talking about it, I'm like, ooh, it got heavy, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think that that's really key to, to why this work is important because I think it taps into these things that we often don't want to talk about but cause a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. um, now, as far as it goes for the desires of these types, um, they're essentially the opposite of the fear, I, right? I think that um, that's and, what's really, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I think that's what's yeah, so beautiful no, no, go ahead. about the Enneagram is like, there are these fears, but then with the fears comes your your beautiful part as well. Like, I think it's Susan Stabile who says, you know, your your pain is also your joy and it's, yeah. it's both one and the same which i think is really yeah. cool it's like the other side yeah. of the coin so yeah right and i think i yes it's exciting and it's beautiful and i you know y'all can't see her face as she's talking about it but there was there was so much emotion that came up in, in joy um as she was talking about it and one of the the reasons why i think um, this tool is great is because um, it recognizes this pain and it doesn't leave you there. Like it isn't like, all right, for you as a type two, you fear being unloved or unwanted. And now you're going to have to walk through the world and be that and feel <laughs> that and, and worry about that. And I, I think, you know, it sounds funny as we say that, but I think for many twos, that's what it can feel mm -hmm. like for the rest of my life. I'm going to be this thing. And so that's why this tool is great and is expansive. And this opposite lets you know that it, it's possible to recognize um, th that these are things that you don't even need to attain. Like these things are yours to own. And that's really beautiful. And it's um, so powerful. to break down. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a, there is a power in recognizing and you know for twos in the audience y'all are going to connect because two twos so i'm talking about this but there was a power for me in recognizing like i don't need to do anything to be worthy of love and it, it's obviously we know that but there's a difference between like knowing it and truly knowing it and truly believing it and i think that's been transformational in my life in my faith in my relationships with other people like really knowing oh i'm already loved like i'm good i love me like to know that it, there's a power and a beauty in that and that's the way um that we were created to live and so i i, I agree there's so much power in it um so i know we talked about the twos um but definitely want to break down this this desire for each of them so like i mentioned essentially the opposites for our ones um to be seen as good 
um, is really central for them. Twos to be loved, our threes to be worthy, um, fours to be not only significant, but to find their identity. Like there is a deep pursuit of who am I and what is my purpose? And the idea of finding that um, is everything. Um, fives to be capable, six to be safe and secure and to have support really central. Um, and then for our sevens to have true contentment and to be full is really big. Eights to protect themselves and maintain their control. And then lastly, ending with nines to have peace and stability, um, a core desire for them. Yeah, I think that is so great. I wonder if maybe going back through and then maybe just like spending some time on each of the types, you know, some yeah. of the things that they offer to the world and to other people, yeah. kind of breaking down their key motivations. Because I think that these basic fears and desires, those are definitely the ones I think that speak to a lot of people um, whenever they come to the Enneagram. But I love that a big passion of yours is motivations and where these motivations lie and we I kind of heard you starting to talk about it with um the type four so like kind of I think going into each type as a whole and like what maybe they offer to us yeah yeah so okay shameless plug um but I did a series recently no not a, do on it, please. things you know Shameless plug, but plug, <laughs> but um, really, and it's less about my page and more about, I think, um, so often in life, we don't celebrate ourselves um, and we don't celebrate the beauty in this or recognize it. And so I actually want to share um, the, these posts with you as a way to describe each type. I think so, it's beautiful. Um, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so the way that I did that was, was thinking about things that you should celebrate about each type, because I think um, with the Enneagram a lot of the time is um, people do like um, one of other. It's on both extremes. I'm going to focus only on the negatives and only on the struggles, or I'm going to focus on only the like fun and fluffy parts of it and not the work part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, um, you know, you might connect with, with this as well. Um, so for type ones, um, the thing that I love about them <laughs> um, and something that we should all celebrate about them is that ones really have the ability to see the world in a way, um, not only as it is right now, but as it could be. And I think that there is a beauty in tapping into um, like, you know, we don't just have to stick with the status quo. We don't just have to accept things as they are we can change things and we can be um, active in change and active in making the world better. Um, and I think that's really beautiful in type ones um, where often the focus is, you know, people thinking that they're perfectionists or everything has to be perfect. I think um, it's, it's this idea that things can be better um, and we can strive for that as well. Um, and I think beyond the world, what ones do really well in relationship, and I know you'll be talking about that in a later podcast, but they do encourage the best in other people. These are your motivators. They say, hey, you know, you're great and I love you. And 
I can see what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, and I can and I can push you to do that, and I can motivate you to do that, and support you, and encourage you as you do that. Um, I think one of my favorite things about Type Ones is this deep passion for um, justice and equity, for things to be right in the world, um, and for um, honestly for everyone to be full and to have like their humanity appreciated. And I think that that's something that we lack so much in the world. Um, and so to have ones as the, at the forefront of a lot of um, this powerful change for good is really beautiful. Um, and lastly, the, the thing I will share among many things that are great about ones is they really, um, they live their life so honestly by their values and beliefs. Like ones, you can trust that who they are and what they stand for and whatever it is, right? It looks different for each one, um, is that they will live their life according to those values um, and according to those beliefs. And there's a lot of beauty um, in that as well. So I'm lighting up just thinking about <laughs> the type one because I'm thinking about many ones that I know um, and, and I'm excited for anyone um, that is listening um, to recognize that beauty in their type as well. Um, for our type twos, I think um, often, you know, people narrow it down to be that twos are the helpers. And yes, twos are helpers and so are many other types. Um, but I think that there is a, a beautiful amount of care and support that twos provide others. It's it's not even just help, it's to really um, connect with someone in their experience and to have empathy and know what they're going through and to support them for the long haul. Um, I think that's really um, beautiful about twos and I think that's what the world needs um, as well. Um, so like I mentioned, they have this deep empathy and they do understand the way that others are feeling. And um, what I can think of that I really love about twos is often in my relationship with twos, maybe it's because I'm a two, so I really appreciate this, is um, I, can, I can sit next to a two and have this moment where maybe I did a deep sigh and they knew there was something connected to that. Um, and they were so in tune or curious about the way that I was feeling. Um, I think that empathy is truly beautiful in them. Um, they are great community builders and connectors, um, and they form connection between people, um, connect people to the things that they need. Um, and also, they have a really intuitive ability to solve problems and challenges in the world. I think that's something that um, with twos isn't highlighted as often, but they are great problem solvers, and they really take on challenges well and almost instinctively know some ways to solve and handle those things. Moving into threes, um, I think threes should celebrate how truly hardworking and driven they are. Um, threes are people that I um, admire because they find a passion and they find something that they care about. And it, it's not just work, like often people think it's just work, but it's, it's passion and they find that and they chase that and they do the work to accomplish that and there's some beauty in that. Um, I think they are inspirational in that they encourage other people to pursue their dreams. So they, they 
because they are so passionate about passion, right? And about accomplishing their passion, they let people know that there isn't a dream that you have that is too small. Um, and these are the people that, for me personally, I want them rooting in my corner when I'm trying something new and I'm scared because they're gonna they're gonna push me and they're gonna say chase that dream and that passion if it's something that you care about and put in the work to to make that happen. Um, these are visionary types, um, so they have the ability to see greater possibilities for the future. Um, and they really do strive for success and excellence in every area of their life. I think it's important to point out with threes, again, the, the misconception about threes is that it's all about work, um, but it's, it's not. <laughs> um, they really care about the success of their relationships and the people that they love as well. And I think that's something we should celebrate about them. Um, for our fours, I love fours, <laughs> so I'm lighting up about that. And I think um, there is such a depth of beauty in fours because um, of many of our types, they're able to connect with their emotions so deeply, and it's all of them. Like they, I think often people think that fours only connect with um, grief or sadness, but they connect with everything, the full spectrum of emotions and feel it so fully. Um, these are the types that if I am struggling or in pain, I want them sitting next to me because they're gonna be people that aren't trying to force me to not feel it or say like, oh, you know, it's fine. Like they're gonna let me feel in the amount of time that I need to feel. And I think sometimes feeling our emotions, it's so core and central to our healing, you know? I heard something about a four, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they're the best type of person to sit with you in whatever emotion you're feeling, because they will just sit yeah. with you, and they have the capacity yeah. to hold immense amount of space, mm -hmm. because that's where they're most comfortable. They're not trying to move out of it, or like fumble out of it, or into it. Um, as other types are, they, they just, they kind of thrive there. Yeah, like I think of it as fours almost provide you a, a container and they're not trying to do anything with it. They're not like, oh, it needs to go here. I need to do this or dump this part out. They're just like, here's a container and whatever you feel and whatever you're going through, like you can, you can put it here and you can process it and you can feel it. And I, I think, um, there's something truly beautiful in that and um, in letting people connect with the full range of their emotions, both the pain and the joy and the messy and the beautiful. Um, those are the people I love sitting with me in that. Um, they hold space so well for other people um, is another way to say that. Um, one thing that I appreciate about fours is that they are creative. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people think about fours that their creativity means that they're all musicians or artists or whatever it is. Um, but I don't see it that way. Um, with fours, I think they just think um, so differently about things because I think they connect to their emotions so well. They see the world in, in color, like they see the world with a multitude of colors and vibrance and um, they they create and it could be being an artist or a dancer or a musician or it could be a computer programmer whatever it is whatever they do there's some creativity in that and there's beauty in that 
Um, and one thing that I think is also great to highlight about them is that they really do accept other people's individualities. Um, like as quirky as you are, as different as you are, like they're, they're so accepting of that because I think they see that and connect with that in themselves. Like, you know, I'm different and I, I am okay with that. And there's something about me that's not the most conventional all of the time. And I think that's a part of all of us. And I think a lot of times we try and deny it, like be like, oh no, I'm the same. But we are so different and we were created to be different. And so I think um, that's something that fours, fours do incredibly well. Um, so moving into fives, um, some things that we should celebrate about them is um, fives have this really unique ability to analyze and solve problems. Um, one of the things that I think they shine at is they stay so calm and level-headed in crisis. Um, and, and for the people that are in relationships with them, it creates the sense of love and assurance. Um, I don't know about anybody listening, but for me in crisis, you know, I know what to do, but there's that initial moment where I'm like internally screaming or depending on the situation, externally screaming. Fives um, <laughs> are so great to have around because there's this sense of peace. Um, and I've, I've experienced some moments um, of crisis where fives have been around and you can almost look at the five and they are level-headed and they're thinking of the next steps and how to solve the problem. And there's, there's a true beauty in that. Um, they are deeply thoughtful. So I think one misconception about fives is people think that they're not connected to their feelings or their relationships with other people. And in fact, they are very deeply um, they're very thoughtful about everything, about the their approach to life, about their approach to relationships, really thinking deeply. Um, and they apply that thought and their logic to their overall life. Um, and they are great listeners. Um, fives have a way of listening to other people that makes them feel heard. And I think that that is something um, that we should celebrate about them as well. Moving into sixes, um, our beautiful sixes, is um, that they are people that have such a keen awareness of the world around them um, and what's going on. Um, the problems, the struggles, the beauty, all of it. And they do um, similar to fives in some ways, but they do have a desire to solve the problems that they see. Um, so it's not just that they see a problem and it's everything is the problem is there's a piece of them that's like, something is wrong with this and something is not right with this situation and it needs to be fixed. Like that desire is is really innate for them. Um, and I think that that produces an awareness of what's going on for the people around them um, to call out problems that exist. And I think sometimes we ignore it or we repress it or whatever we do. And sixes hold us almost accountable um, for those things. Um, six is um, incredibly loyal and supportive um, in their relationships um, and to the people that they love. Um, also deep thinkers, they understand other people's perspective in a really unique way and also very thoughtful about every decision that they make. 
um, when I <laughs> when I connect with sixes or when I'm coaching sixes or working with um, college students who are type sixes is that there are there's a lot of thought that's gone into their decisions and sometimes so much thought that that's what they're working through like which approach to take because they've thought through a multitude of options and I think that's great about them as well. Um, so for our type sevens, um, <laughs> a lot of things to celebrate about them. I think that sevens um, are people that see and appreciate all of life's options um, in a way that like, I only wish I could, um, honestly, is that, <laughs> I think they're so cool. I'm like, oh, y'all are really honestly, cool. Honestly, I think everybody but, you know. <laughs> wants to be a seven on the Enneagram. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm like, man, like, um, you know, they, they're, they're people that are like, I don't, I don't just have to have this one thing. Like there's so many options in life and there's a beauty in that. And, and I think um, really great at providing perspective to people too. Like I have um, great conversations with sevens often when I'm like, well, it's just this one way and this is gonna, how it's going to be. And they're like, no, girl, there's like 37 other options. <laughs> um, they are um, people that also encourage others to like chase joy and the things that make them happy um, is, you know, I, I can never have an interaction with a seven. And often I hear when people um, that I work with are talking about sevens is that they have this almost like contagious enthusiasm and joy um, that like makes us happier. Like, um, and I think there's a beauty in that. And I think um, the, their value of play, um, you know, I, I think for children, we're often encouraging play, like let's have a play date, let's do this thing, let's go to the park, all of these things. Um, but one thing that I think is really cool, just in um, the primary populations that I work with, are they young adults or adults? Um, and to see play be a value um, for adults that I don't think we do enough, like they, they teach us how to play and that everything doesn't have to be uber serious and everything doesn't have to be this culture of um like busyness or working to the bone that there is a beauty in play and in taking time for adventure and exploring and to be active and to to fully like live and move through our body and i think that that's really really beautiful um also with this type something that isn't highlighted often is they really are very innovative and creative as well. And I think that's a result of their ability to really see all of life's options um, and, and see what we can do and how we can think differently about things. And we don't have to sit still and always do things um, in routine. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really refreshing. Um, eights, okay, I have to give a shout out to eights because <laughs> Somebody asked me this and I don't, you know, I don't know if as a coach I should say this, but I, I have to say that I love eights <laughs> and I have a soft spot for eights. Um, I have a ton of eights in my family, so that might be why. But I also think that of, um, and I'm just going to say this, this is my own personal opinion. Mm -hmm. So second opinions, one and one, but... <laughs> Of any number on the Enneagram, I do feel like they are 
um, the most um, inaccurately described. Misunderstood um, is what I hear. Misunderstood, yep. Um, and I think um, it's unfortunate because I think that there is so much that we should celebrate in AIDS. Um, and so I want to take a minute to highlight that because I think that there is incredible beauty there. Um, AIDS are incredibly protective and caring of the people that they love, without a doubt. Um, some stories that I'll share is so, like I said, I know a lot of AIDS, my family is full of AIDS. And I honestly, I could think of any situation if I would, you know, text in our sibling group me, I have two sisters that are eights or in our family group me with the rest of the eights. And I say like, hey, I had a tough day or this bad thing happened. And they're like, okay, what do I need to do? Who hurt your feelings? How do we approach it? Is there's this level of um, protection and care for the people that they love? And I always feel safe with eights because I know that they care for me so deeply, that they love me so deeply, and that they want me to be protected. And I think that there's beauty in that. And that's often something that we don't highlight about AIDS is that we think that they're like go-getters and um, that everything is high energy and they want to control things. And I think um, the root of a lot of this is this, this love that they do have. This, this um, personality, AIDS. oh, sorry, just real quick. This personality oh, go ahead. Of like, yeah. um, like, I got you. Don't worry, like I got you. Yeah, yeah, like eights, I know they have my back, like always. And, <laughs> you know, in the way that I would say, it's like eights, they're like, you call them, they're ready to roll out. They don't even know the full story, but they're ready <laughs> because they have your back yeah. and that, that's great. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I appreciate about them and I think we should celebrate about them is that um, they live their life with such honesty and authenticity. Um, they are very vocal about like what they think about things. And honestly, you know, it's something that um, I, I think is misunderstood is it's there's this honesty and authenticity that they almost can't deny. And so sometimes as they're talking and communicating with other people. It's not trying to be harsh. It's not trying to hurt anyone. It's a genuine, I'm being honest about how I feel and what I think, like it's an instinct response. Um, and I think that there's beauty in that because they're gonna tell you the truth. Um, and I love that. Um, similar to ones in some ways, but there, there is um, this heart for justice and fairness, I would say fairness is key for them, is they see situations that are unjust, they see situations that are unfair, um, and they are very quick to move in action and really quick to remedy that, um, is, you know, they're going to speak out very frequently um, about injustice, and I think that there is a true beauty there is that they're not going to shy away and they're going to be honest about what the problem is. Um, and I, I will say, and this is my own personal story, but I think something that we should celebrate about eight um, is that I do think that they inspire other people to be more confident and to stand up for themselves. Um, I can <laughs> almost never have an interaction um, with an eight where I share a story of um, 
something that is unjust that has happened to me um, and they don't inspire me to stand up for myself or speak confidently or speak truthfully. And I think that that level of advocacy and that level of protection and care that really inspires people. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, you know, in, in my opinion, like justice is so important and justice is so and empathy is great, but empathy cannot be empathy without an understanding of justice, without an appreciation of justice. And so we need both. And AIDS are often the people in the forefront of, of pursuing that justice. Um, and then lastly, to wrap up with nines, I also love, I love every time. I know, but, I know it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I keep saying it every time as I'm talking, I'm like, I love fives, I love threes. I love every type because I think um, there's such a beauty in all of it. Um, but nines, um, there is such a, a peace and a calm and a harmony that they bring to relationships is, um, they value relationships so deeply they care about other people's perspectives and you know in relationship with the nine they really care about it and they value it and they're going to put in the work um for it and i think that that's beautiful um they of of many of the other types i think they have a really unique ability to see and understand multiple perspectives um and so you know, I don't like the phrase devil's advocate because mm -hmm. I'm like, who advocating for the devil? But <laughs> I do think that they can almost like hold you accountable to seeing and understanding somebody else's perspective, which I think is so key and we don't do enough. Um, and so that that ability to understand and maybe they don't agree with it, but at least understand where everyone is coming from is really key. Um, they make the people that they love feel supported and listened to because they really do prioritize other people's needs and feelings and desires and opinions. Um, and these are types that are very open-minded um, and really give the sense of like unconditional acceptance um, to the world. And I think that there is also um, a beauty in that to see people and their identities and who they are so fully and to say I accept you and I see you as that and you don't need to be something else um, is really beautiful. So there are a million things I could say about each type. We keep being here saying we love every type because we do, but I think, you know, these are things to celebrate and to center and to recognize are part of each type um, rather than um, I think what we so often do is either focusing on the fears or the struggles or focusing on um, just like one word or one phrase about the type is to understand the vastness of um, of each type. Mm -hmm. And after we've kind of gone over all the nine types, I do want to let everybody know also like we are multifaceted, right? We started the mm -hmm. episode talking about these basic fears and these desires and hopefully that was helpful to kind of give you a context as to whenever, you know, Fonlola was talking about 
these motivations and these celebrations and how these people kind of move through the world, it's all interwoven, right? Like our fears and mm -hmm. desires work together with how you move through the world. And when you start seeing right. the Enneagram that way, and it's not like you said, it's not compartmentalized pieces. It's all how it works together. And mm -hmm. um, then that's in result how we move through the world. And then all the beautiful things that we get to kind of relish in that all these different types of people um, offer to us and that we get to offer to them as well. So just something to remember as well as when you if you do feel piqued about this, like it all works together. It's an integrative system and you see the paradigm like with the numbers and it, it all connects back to each other, which I think is really beautiful too. It's really, really beautiful. Um, now that we have kind of gone over all the nine types that I think that you talked about them with such beauty and grace and you were so fluid. So I just want to thank you for that because it takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort to do that and to do what you do and put all this information out there. Um, and hopefully people left with good takeaway or at least piqued interest in like what the heck this even is because I know yeah. for me it's it's been a transformative tool and the more that I'm learning about Enneagram and my human design like they work so well together and just like who I am who I am made to be who I was born to be um and moving into just kind of this last part um, I have like a really fun question and you might not want oh, to, I, I, know, I know, I kind of thought of it after. I'm this. like, Ooh, I love it. <laughs> so we're both type twos. Right. Um, if you could pick any other Enneagram type to be, not that we don't love ourselves, nobody out there like misconstrue that, but if you could, what type do you think you would be or what type would you, do you value? Not that you'd like any more than the other, but who would you maybe be or channel? So somebody surprisingly asked me this on um, my page one day, and I had to think about it a lot. And here's the thing. I love all the types. I promise I don't have a favorite. <laughs> but I think the type that I would pick is a type that I, um, okay, it, yeah, okay, I'm like trying to decide. But it's a type that I think I admire so much of the traits in um, and um you know, there there's other parts of the Enneagram that you can type in like growth and stress and I moved to them in stress, but <laughs> I would definitely um, like probably want to be an eight. Mm -hmm. um, I want to be me and I love myself, but I think one of the, or some of the things that I, I really love and appreciate about eight is just their, um, willingness to be so honest and truthful and vocal um that protection and love that they make other people feel um and that like bend towards justice and fairness is so beautiful to me so all things that i try and do as a person in life but i feel like they do um so beautifully instinctively um and so i would love to like instinctively like not have to give myself like the pep talk <laughs> of like all right, we're gonna say it and keep it real. Um, and to just like actively do mm -hmm. that would be really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's parts of honestly, all nine types that I look at and um, I admire. And I think that's what's really beautiful about the Enneagram is because I think as we learn more about each type, we learn more about people and we 
learn more about their motivations, it can inspire growth and change um, in us in beautiful ways. And there's ways we connect to other types, like in our stress and our security and our wings, which we didn't have time for today. <laughs> um, but I think ways that as we, we learn, we realize, like you said, with your podcast, like we really are like more alike mm -hmm. than we are different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, my last question would be is now that people kind of, well, I have two more questions. Now that people kind of have an overview, what are some tools or resources that you would kind of maybe point people towards? Obviously, your page, at Enneagram, everything on Instagram. Definitely go check her out, coaching services, all that. I actually was just talking to Vryn today, who I'm going to have on later, and she was saying that there's so much about body language too with the Enneagram and like mm -hmm. that one-on-one -on -one coaching yeah. is really important if you want to go really, really deep. But if people are just curious about learning more, like what are some resources you could point them towards? Um, hopefully listening to this podcast was helpful for them as well, but what are some other things yeah. like if they're just getting started and want to kind of go the next step into Enneagram? Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so like she said, um, my Instagram account at Enneagram Everything. I'd love for you to connect with me. Send me a DM. I want to know your story. I think that's um, really important. So coaching is a great tool. Um, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching with people. Um, workshops are really great. I've done that as well. I'm going into different groups, whether it's friend groups or work groups or whatever it is and talking about the Enneagram. But honestly, for me, and maybe it's because I'm a big book nerd, but I think that you can get a lot of knowledge by reading books and checking out podcasts, great podcasts like this one. Um, just really talking to people and understanding their stories is, I think that the more that you connect with people is the more that you can understand their type and understand who they are and understand um, who you are. All really great tools. Um, and then there's also um, for people who wanna dig into it a little deeper, um, there's a number of sources that provide trainings um, and workshops and even um, coaching certification um, that you can go through as well. But yep, I definitely recommend checking out books. There are a ton of them. I know many people start off with The Road Back to You as a good um, start um, to figuring out the Enneagram but um, that's what I would recommend as you're first trying to explore. And the last thing that I would say is, I think often people go to quizzes or assessments to try and figure out their type. And I think that it's really important to know that that's a good starting point mm -hmm. to help guide you in a direction, but that often is not the way that you're gonna find out your type. It really is through learning and reading and following Instagram accounts or talking to people that you're going to discover your type um, and being really self-reflective about your motivation. Yeah. So I wanted to throw that out as well. Absolutely. Um, I know whenever I started this process, you know, I took the, the Rady, um, the Rizzo Hudson mm -hmm. exam and it does cost money. It's not expensive, but I would definitely be very cautious too. If you are taking an assessment, mm -hmm. making sure it is evidence-based, I will link the Rady if you do want to do one of those, but then don't like, like from what I was saying, don't just like narrow yourself down because that's what that said. Um, do more research, like reading books, podcasts, and really see if it feels like it aligns with you but it is I think a helpful starting point absolutely just be cautious 
for sure. And, and one last thing that I would add is only you can figure out your type because it's so much about motivation and so much about the things that are really internal to us. Only you can figure it out. So I love our friends. I love our family. They're really great. And I think sometimes they can tell us a type that they think they are or they think we are because they're looking at behavior um, rather than that motivation. And so I think it's really important to know um, that we really can't type other people um, and that only you can figure out your type by being really self-reflective and thoughtful. Mm -hmm. And it's an ever-evolving process, right? We yeah. are working towards being our best selves and being our best selves for other people and we're ever evolving. And I think that's something, again, coming back to the beauty of the Enneagram is it is it grows with you and it, yeah. and it allows you a strong foundation. And I've been using this word a lot lately, but as a way of homecoming, coming back to yourself mm -hmm. and seeing who you yeah. truly are, who you're meant to be, who you're created to be. And all the good and all the bad and all the messy and all the complexities that that come with us as individuals just another way to like to move through the world and understand how you do that and how others yeah. do too yeah um okay so that was super helpful and my last question is how do you think we as humans are more like than we are different so i love that question um and I think I will say this is that at the end of the day, um, we all have a story and our story is beautiful and it's ours um, and it deserves to be heard and shared and handled with empathy and grace and love. Um, and I think when we recognize and connect with the fact that your story might not be my story and it's not going to be um, that I can still connect with you and your humanity um, as a person. Um, and when I can recognize that we are both type twos <laughs> and our stories are so drastically different, but there's a beauty in just listening and hearing and holding space um, for other people um, is that we can live more fully and compassionately. And so I think at the end of the day, we all have a story to share. It is important and it's valued. Um, and it should be heard. And I think that we should create more space um, for other people's stories um, and for our own and the evolution and all of that as well. Yeah, I love that. Vanlova, this was so enlightening and I had so, so much fun with you. And, and I hope people leave feeling like they were at least maybe seen a little bit, you know, in this. Yeah. And learn something new about themselves or have a new curiosity about learning more about themselves or other people because the Enneagram again has been instrumental not only for me developmentally, personally, professionally, but relationally as well. And so I think that you did a beautiful job sharing all the beauties and the fears and the desires and the motivations of all the people that are in this world. So I really, really appreciate you being on today. Um, I know we already said at Enneagram Everything, you have your email. I'll link those in the resources, but everybody go give her a follow. It's 
super beautiful stuff. She also, I think, approaches Enneagram in a different way than a lot of other accounts. So that's something that I appreciate as well. She does a lot of Q&As, a lot of different types of things. Um, and then, again, if you want someone to kind of work through you with some of these things or give you that deeper perspective and help you through figuring out your type or talking through some things like definitely check out her coaching offerings as well but thank you so much yes. for being on today thank you thank you for having me this was so fun and i love uh connecting with you and just talking any yeah with you. i really really appreciate you saying yes so i hope we get to do it again i don't know if people really like this maybe we can carve out some time to to figure out something else and talk different facets because i know it's there's so much to talk about. There's so much. Um, and that sounds really good. So just let me awesome. know. Thank you. Thank you. I am so lit up even after just kind of moving through and editing that episode with Flynn Lola. She did a fabulous job at giving us an overview of what the Enneagram is how she uses it, why it's important to her, not only professionally, but personally and spiritually as well. And if this is the last part of the episode that you guys listened to, again, thank you for hanging out with me. I know this was a long episode, but I couldn't cut anything out. It was just all too good. So if this is the last thing that you guys listened to, the last three minutes of the podcast, I think that the big takeaway that Fonlola shared with all of us is that we each have a uniqueness about us that should be celebrated, understood, and met with grace. Self-compassion truly starts to work when we recognize our key motivations and why we are behaving the way we are. The Enneagram provides us this type of language to communicate our needs and inner workings to those who mean the most around us. I hope you guys loved this dive into the Enneagram as much as I did. And I hope you're lit up and jazzed and ready for more because the next three weeks, Enneagram and relationships is going to be our topics. Um, my friend Vryn is going to come on, another Enneagram coach, and we're going to get to uncover more about the Enneagram. We're going to dive into our types and what you can bring to a relationship based on your type and then maybe some areas of growth. I am so, so excited, so get ready to uncover more about how we are more alike than we think. Until next time, love you guys. We'll chat soon.